All right. Hey, welcome to North Point Plus podcast. What's the name of this? <laughs> Here we go. Can we, can we please? No, we don't need to redo it. That's great. This is Kim Cordes. <laughs> and this is episode number 60. Can you believe it already? That's... Number 60. And this is Pastor Oh My Pastor. <laughs> and if you want to go back about 20 episodes, you can see how Rick really feels about being called Pastor, uh, pastor Oh My oh, Pastor. Man, that's been a long time. <laughs> Thank you, Jake Howard, yeah, for that. Right. Oh, Pastor My Pastor. <laughs> right. So Kim's uh, married. Got a couple of boys, a couple of uh, daughters-in-laws. That's correct. And that's fun. And been around North Point forever. Yeah. Yep. A couple of decades plus. Since it was DeWitt Community Church. Absolutely. That's cool. Yeah. We're glad you're here, and thank you for hosting. Absolutely. Well, the point, really, of the the North Point Plus podcast is really just to kind of go a little bit deeper. You don't have the opportunity, obviously. You only have a limited amount of time on Sundays. So to go a little bit deeper and field questions from people who've uh, watched the sermon either live or, or, you know, online. So... Um, with that being said, would you just give us a little bit of a, a take on the overview? Yes, the overview on what you covered on Sunday. Yeah, so so we're in experiencing God. We've been doing that and um, been really cool, uh, neat stories as uh, for how people have been challenged to think differently and act differently. And so in that whole process, that uh, uh, if you're in experiencing God, there's a diagram that talks about. Um, uh, God's love for us, the way that he's working, he's pursuing us, he invites us to be a part of what he's doing. Um, he speaks to us through, um, through scripture, through circumstances, through prayer, through counsel. And then there is this crisis of belief. So yesterday we really talked about the, the concept of uh, there being a crisis of belief where it's not really a crisis in the, in the, the sense that there's something crucial. Well, there, it is crucial, but it's, it, there's not like, um, it's not cataclysmic in, the, in a crisis, right. but it really is a crossroads where God speaks and invites us into something and we either say yes or no. And um, so that that really was the heart of it. Um, talked through some examples in Scripture, and it was really interesting in the prep work um, to try and say, okay, how many of those do I use? Because Scripture is literally full I, I said later in the message that virtually every significant thing that happens in Scripture, there is a crisis of belief for for someone that they either say, "Yes, I'm gonna um, I'm gonna do what God says. I'm gonna follow Him where He leads," or I'm gonna kind of do what I want. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, uh, that we went there, and then from there, really, the heart in terms of the Scripture was James chapter two, where it says, "Faith." without works is dead, um, where I, I talked some to say what we do um, fleshes out what we believe, and what we really, really believe ends up being lived out in what we do. Hmm. Very good. Well, thank you for that. Well, we did have a few questions. Good. And, yeah. I, and I, I, just before we get started, I, I kind of want to challenge, and, and I do love Mr. Blackaby, and I don't mean any disrespect, but I really would... I. I don't call it a crisis, a faith crisis. Yeah. Or I call it an opportunity for belief. Yeah, because it, it truly is. A st- you have an opportunity to either walk in what you know the Lord yeah. is calling you to do, or or go your own way. Yeah. So I, I don't know. Just a, a matter of semantics, obviously. So right. Uh, but in my life, I don't like the word crisis. It seems negative, and so I. Use yeah. To me, I I think it. Uh, when I think about in my own life, there is this moment where there's tension. It's like. 
do I really believe God or not? Am I really going to follow him or not? Do I, do I want to go maybe uh, the path that's going to be more difficult in the moment, but better long-term? Mm-hmm. Or, or do I want to go what's safer now, mm-hmm. more comfortable now? Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's not what God wants me to do necessarily. So yeah, it's right. crisis opportunity, right. whatever it's it is. how we look at That's it, right. right. It's is the there. glass half full or half empty? That's right. Okay. All right. Well, so let's get to the questions then. So we have a question. Um, someone's kind of calling you out a little bit here, Rick. So Woo! yeah. So Rick stated that he was two days behind in the study. Shame on you. That's right. Um, but the question here is really, you know, um, doesn't Rick and the staff do the study in advance? Um, and if so, then um, why not? I, I guess if you, yeah. That's a, that, that's a really good question, and it's an okay thing. One of the fun things about the podcast, there we go, um, is that it's uh, it really gives us, it gives people a chance to ask questions about all kinds of stuff. And so um, I did, uh, that question actually came in in the middle of last week, not, it wasn't out of this week's message, but I talked about it because of the week before we had been in Missouri because we had a new grandbaby. Um, oh, okay. That gives you a pass right there. Uh, so we had, we had uh, grandkids staying in the hotel with us and it just was very difficult to create quiet time um, away to be able to do the book. So I got behind. Um, and uh, and so the the question really is on something like this: How do we get to the place and and do we do it all ahead of time? Um, I've said before I think that I did experiencing God about twenty years ago at a church that we were at, and then we did it about ten years ago at another church that we were at. So I've been through it twice. Sure. So the, in terms of vetting the material, already felt really good about it, but but I'm not. I'm not playing the card to say, oh, I've done this before, and go back and pull out my last book and say, oh, yeah, here are my answers, because it really is a fresh, um, a fresh challenge and a fresh experience, just like our faith. You know, you can't go back and say, oh, I learned that lesson 12 years ago. Um, you know, I, I trusted Jesus at that point in time, and, I, and so that, that's all settled and done. It really is the kind of thing that happens on an ongoing basis all the time. And so so I've engaged and gone, I'm working through it right now. I'm, uh, you know, in, um, in unit, what, six, day three, I think, as, as we, no, I can't remember which one it is. Um, uh, <laughs> I think that's right, units. Well, we did seven, seven. last I year, so, or last week. On I think Sunday, on, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, so I'm actually on unit seven, day three. That's where I am right now. And so caught up, that kind of thing. But uh, and, and the staff's going through it as well, yeah, yeah. in real time, which, yeah. which, again, makes the conversation that happens in life group, the conversation you have with your husband and your wife, all the more rich because you're dealing with it in real time with the stuff that's going on. Right, right. Well, yeah. thank you for that honesty and congratulations again on the Thanks. new grand baby. How exciting. Yes. Yeah, for sure. And I, I figured you might say that because I mean, I even have this Blackaby book that's been collecting dust on my shelf yep. for a couple of decades yep. too. So yeah, I mean, it, like yeah. you said, it's the spirit of the fact that you've qualified the material. It's just the the, the fresh take on it is something that right. you're going through with us, which is yeah. which is pretty cool, really. And, and so, so my answer is, you know, when you come to the end of each day and it says, okay, what what convicted you? What challenged you? I'm writing that stuff out 
oh, um, craft that into a prayer. What do you want to do as a result of that's all real stuff that's happening in real time. Yeah, yeah. very cool. Yeah, thank you. All right. Well, another question here then says is this is specifically dealing with the workbook. Workbook yeah. um, question unit six on day two right. talks about how if we if we look to God from the middle of the circumstances. Um, in an attempt to understand him, pages 118 and 120, if anyone wants to go and refer to that, we can get the wrong idea. Um, Blackaby suggests that we, um, that we not try to understand God's character from the middle of uh, troubling circumstances. Or is he saying that if we're looking to the circumstances to help us understand God, we would be left with the wrong impression? So help us the, yeah, kind of clarify great that. Great question, and w w we talked about it a little bit last week, and and I'm still I feel like I don't feel like I've ever come together with the words that describe perfectly kind of the the whole. How do you see God working in the circumstances? I I shifted my language actually a little bit in Sunday's message, where I didn't necessarily use the word circumstances, but talked about recognizing how God is working around you um, in, in the things that, that are happening that you're in the midst of. Uh, the, the question that comes from the book is, when we try and understand God based on our circumstances, we get a, a really skewed view of God um, because um, it, it creates that, again, that tension that happens when we're in bad things, we tend to think bad is bad, and bad's not necessarily difficult. Is not necessarily bad. We only grow through difficult stuff, and so if we look at the difficult things and say, "Oh, God's not in this," He may be absolutely in the in the weeds of that because He wants to get our attention. He wants us to to learn and grow through whatever's going on in those circumstances. So the I think the right perspective is to say we need to look at God in light of the circumstances. Like we can see God working in the circumstances around us, but we have to focus on what we know is true about God based on his word, uh, uh, on the way that he's worked in the past, all those kind of things. And the circumstances then begin to make sense. If we look at our circumstances and then try and have that, then have God un uh, understand God in light of those circumstances, we get way messed, way messed up. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and I think that this was a part... Uh, um, this is so good to just be able to talk about kind of what happens in the middle of the sermon prep. But the I, I chose some very specific language yesterday um, in that the we tend to look at um, illness, at um, pain, at um, trials. We tend to look at all of those things as bad things. Um, and... And they are in the moment. They're difficult. They're not fun. Nobody likes to go through them. Mm -hmm. um, but God doesn't change based on what our circumstances are, on the difficult stuff that we go through. And if those things help us understand God better and help us know, oh, even in our darkest times, God is there. He never leaves us. He's um, uh, even when we're hurting the most, he's, uh, his compassion comes in and, and um, through the Holy Spirit walks with us through those times. It changes the way that we look at the circumstances. Mm -hmm. um, we, can, we can look at um, 
you know, I, we were talking about this before we started and being old. Um, and <laughs> hey, and, now, <laughs> I, hey I'm, now, I'll talk about me. I'll talk about me. Um, the um, the there's there is my body is experiencing pain in ways that it never has before because I'm old. And I can look at that and say, boy, it really stinks. I don't want to get old. Uh, yeah, you know, you can you can start to um, pity me, throw a pity party, that kind of stuff. Or you can say, you know what? My body's wearing out. It's not going to last forever. And there's something great about that mm-hmm. because there is a new body that awaits me on the other side. And God is uh, in in the pain and the ways that my body doesn't work the way that it used to, um, God shows himself and I can depend on him more in that. Mm-hmm. And um, and it helps give perspective for myself about myself. And um, I'm not all that in a bag of chips that's going to last forever. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. But going back to the circumstances too, not just, obviously health is one of them, right? Yeah. But, um, you know, Stephen Covey, and, and, and this is secular, but he would say, you know, it, if you, if you're, core values are based around people's or circumstances, right? You're going to be tossed to and fro. Like, right. I mean, it, it, there's some biblical principles in there, right? Yeah, absolutely. But if your core value is God who doesn't ever change and who's, you know, was there yesterday, today, and tomorrow, right? Then your your world isn't going to be rocked quite as hard when your circumstances are all right. over the place, right? Right. And you and I both know people who have gone through tremendously difficult things, whether it's the loss, like a physical loss of life or... Other things that came their way unjustly, right? Right. That are actually drawing closer to the Lord and would probably tell you and I, and I've had a circumstance, a health circumstance 20 some years ago, the same thing. I, did I want to go through it? No. Would I take it? Uh, would I, if I had an opportunity to walk back, I wouldn't, I would go through the exact same thing because right. my faith grew and it was used in other people's lives. And so, yeah, we, it, it, I think part of it is we have to really set our mind on focusing, um, on that and not, yeah. not on, on God and not on the circumstances. Yeah, and, and part of that, I think, is circumstances by nature are in the moment. They're what's happening right now. And we can't accurately judge what's happening right now when we're right in the middle of it. Um, I can look back on things that happened five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, whatever, and they have a completely different um, perspective than they did when... I was in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, I like I, I I it's easy for me to think back when when um, when Deb had miscarriage, the, our first miscarriage, how how difficult that was to process. Um, and now that's been uh, almost thirty years ago. Um, how many times God has used that to help me minister to people? Mm to families, couples that have gone through miscarriages, um, I, I still wish it wouldn't have happened, but I wouldn't trade it because God has been able to use that in some really In a cool true ways. heart of yeah. empathy, having been there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. a great way to look at it. Well, let's go to our next okay. question here. And it says, so what about when we truly follow God's leading in the crisis of belief um, and nothing really happens? Or a greater crisis develops, and that happens too, right? Um, so what about the, the widows who starve, the um, paralyzed who never walk, and the followers who drown? 
How do you, how do we, yeah. That's yeah, they went great there. Question. Yeah, that's tough. That's right? a yeah. great question. Um, I think the, the, um, the crisis of belief, the, um, you know, that terminology, those crossroads are not so much about the circumstances changing, although they can be, as they're about whether or not we say yes to Jesus. In, in, um, in the message yesterday, and again, this, these are words that I spent some time on, just talking about whether you put something in the offering or not. It's, it is not about whether it's $5 or $50 or $500 that you put in the offering. The issue is that God has prompted you in some way and whether or not you respond to his prompt or, or how you respond to his prompt, mm-hmm. whether you whether you say, yeah, God, I'm going to do I'm going to do what you want me to do. The, the circumstances about that aren't about the amount of money unless God's prompting has been about a specific amount of money mm-hmm. um, or that they're not about a change happening as a result of you saying yes to him. They're all about saying yes. And so sometimes I think um, sometimes I think that in that in that moment where we face those crossroads, that opportunity, that crisis of belief, it's not even about seeing a, um, an instant kind of response, whether that's affirmative or negative um, to that. It's just about saying yes to God. Mm-hmm. And that I, I would say, um, I, I would say that the little things, Saying yes to God in the little things pave the way for saying God yes to God in the big things. So, um, so for me in my world, and I've used this illustration a ton of times. I feel like I, I say it too much, but it 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 just happens in my world on a consistent basis because I care about people. Um, when when I'm going through a list of people or thinking about things and think, oh, I haven't seen that person for a long time, um, and and I have this sense of, okay, why don't you reach out to them? Um, the issue that's there is whether or not I'm going to send a text, whether or not I'm going to write a card, whether or not I'm going to um, send an email, whatever, to just say, hey, how are you doing? That, um, the issue is not how they respond to that. The issue is not whether they um, come back in my life or you know come back to church or whatever that. The issue for me is I feel like God's prompted me to do that. And and whether I do that or whether I just kind of put that on the shelf and say, eh, I don't really want to do that. Too, you know, it's too too hard, too painful, too, I'm just too busy, whatever. The issue is whether or not we listen and obey and respond to God's invitation to be a part of what, what he's doing, even if we can't see what he's doing in the moment. So mm-hmm. that... Um, there are times I think that we respond and the widow starves. You know, the mm-hmm. um, that that the you know, God's God has us involved at some at some level with somebody who's who's dying and 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 invites us to come in and minister in that, and they don't get well. Right. Um, again, I would I would go back to what we just said a couple of minutes ago about the circumstances. Um, our response to God is not. Um, it doesn't. It doesn't force God's hand. You know, it doesn't make Him do what we want. Mm-hmm. And um, and our response to Him is not dependent upon whether what we want to happen happens or not. 
Right. And sometimes it takes a long time to play out, right? Right. Absolutely. Would you mind if I share kind of an example? Oh, yeah. No, go, go for um, it. Kind of That's why you get to be the hostess. Yeah. yeah. And, it, and it kind of relates to North Point as well. So um, I'll, it's a little bit of a, of a story, and I'll try to give you the high level and okay. not all the details. But um, so in about 2001, God just called me to give up my career and stay home with my kids. My husband was not prepared for that. He did not hear the same calling. Yeah. Um, so it was a it, it was a matter of me praying, Lord, you know, I know this is your will, so you're going to have to, you know, I know you want me to be in agreement yeah. with my husband. Ultimately, of course, God moved and I stayed home and we were giving up, you know, a significant part of our income, right? Yeah. Um, and so stepping out in faith, knowing that God was going to take care of us. Right. Now, I, I, I just say, though, that that doesn't mean then that we just... You know, we don't have to be good stewards, right? I mean, right. when you lose, you know, your income like that, you make choices that are different. Yeah. You know, you start spending differently and you, and so, um, so there was ups and downs. There was times when, and we, I felt we were faithful. We always live under our means, but there were times when I was going to pay the, the bills and I, I, there was a few tears, lack of faith, right? But, yeah. but God always provided, he always yeah. provided. And um, so fast forward about 14, and, I, and that allowed me to do ministry, which was really a wonderful thing. Being with my kids and being able to do ministry full-time was, was really a blessing. And um, fast forward 14 years, my husband's feeling now, he's feeling, okay, I feel it's time for you to go back to work. And I was like, but I don't think the Lord has let me go from this ministry yet. <laughs> I really wasn't, and I, I really do feel that God had not released me from a ministry that yeah. I was in um, at the time. And so... The really cool thing, and God used your wife in this story. So she's pretty wonderful. She's pretty amazing, <laughs> right? So you were all fairly new, yeah. um, and and I just really felt God saying, invite Deb and invite another friend, Linda, a mutual yeah. friend that we had, and, and, and I don't think they knew each other then, but I wanted them yeah. to get to know each other. So they came over to my home for lunch. And we were praying about, you know, that God would uh, provide a job for me. I had been looking, you know, diligently. I wanted to, um, I did want to, you know, be at one with my husband, but I also yeah. knew that there was this struggle, right? And um, I had had an interview, my, you know, and at my age, unfortunately, don't get a lot of interviews, even though I have a lot of qualifications. I didn't yep. get a lot of interviews. I had one good company that I was like, okay, Lord, if it's your will, and I get this job offer. While they were there, I got the call. Um, from the wow. company, the callback, and I said, "I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna look at it right now." But I want to share with you that I don't feel God wants me to go back to work. I really feel like I'm to finish out this ministry role for however long. But I'm gonna trust God. And Deb goes, "Well, you know, if that doesn't work out, we have a job at the church right now. I don't know if it's something that you're interested in or not, but we have a job. It's about 20 hours a week." And I said, oh, I would love to know what that is. Please tell me what that is. And she goes, yeah, cleaning the church. And I was like, I would clean the church so that I could continue, you know, because it was 20 yeah. hours, not 40 hours, in order to continue this ministry because I'm so passionate. And I hate toilets. Let me tell you, I hate cleaning toilets. But at that time, when I started cleaning this church, I think I was cleaning about 30 toilets because I think there's 25 or 28. Wow. I don't, the number has escaped me now because that's been a few yeah. years ago. <laughs> toilets here. Um and I did it with joy because my husband said, hey, yeah, I don't care what job you take. As long as you take a job, I think that's awesome. Wow. So I took a job, obviously at a different pay level than a career job would yes. be. I didn't care about any of that. God yeah. allowed me to have the desire of my heart and to finish out the will for him as well, that I would finish out this role until the perfect timing. 
The next year, when God had through my Bible study that I was serving in, a woman came to me and said, my husband, you know, who was actually the coworker of mine, he was a man who had invited me to the Bible study that I was in. Oh, wow. He had invited me to that Bible study 20 years before, and he was the one that offered me the job that ended up taking me out of the Bible study, but perfectly in God's will. And the amount of money for the job that I got offered was monumentally more than the job that I would have taken that day that Deb offered me the job. So it was like I actually ended up with more cash, even though I took the 20-hour yeah. You know, 20 hour a week. Yeah. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Like God's economy is so different and it does take time to play out. And it was a faith journey for my husband, too, because he, he, you know, allowing me to stay home was yeah. was was a faith growth for both of us. Right. Yeah. And then to see how God worked in it all. And now I'm still back serving in that Bible study because now he's allowing me to do both. It, it's just a journey. Yeah. So and the moral a- of that story is when you have an opportunity to clean toilets at the church, <laughs> take it. <laughs> that's not exactly <laughs> it's an, what it's I was there getting somewhere. at. <laughs> it's in there somewhere. That's, no, that's a great, great story. Yeah, so, I mean, so many times we talk, um, it's been a number of years ago that, that I used language in a sermon where I talked about how God's working upstream and that he, oftentimes we don't know what he's been doing upstream until we get way down mm-hmm. farther. And then it's like, oh, that piece came together. That piece came together. Mm-hmm. That, oh, that's, that's. That's so good, and I never would have anticipated that. And that's that's just a great expression of that. But we can't see that in the moment, right. in the middle of the circumstances. So, so the, I think the reminder for us is to recognize that God is always at work, mm-hmm. and that we can trust Him, mm-hmm. even in spite of when things don't seem to make sense to us. Right. We can trust Him, and it's not based on the immediate response of of what we think is the right answer for the circumstances around us. Absolutely. And I I think that kind of goes back to before we got started here, I shared with you that I don't like looking at this as a, as a crisis of faith. I like looking at it as an opportunity Opportunity. for faith because that is truly the way I've learned to look at it, that I'm going to step into an opportunity to be with God, which is always the best place, even though the circumstances might like, look like it or an opportunity to make my own choice, which is usually going to be the hard way. You know what I mean? Right. And so I, I will still look at it. I, I understand why we call it a crisis of faith, yeah. but I personally call it an opportunity of faith. And, yeah, I, and and maybe um, maybe the word crisis is a good word for when we recognize it for the very first time, because I like I think about some friends I have that are that are early in their journey with God and with giving Him control. And so an issue that says um, where, where God invites them to be a part of, well, let's, let's just say, of inviting someone to lunch that they don't know or, or to invite somebody to their life group where, where they're praying, God, who needs to be in my life group? And there's this person and they don't know them. And the Holy Spirit kind of says, oh, invite that person. And, and it creates really this crisis because it's like, is that really God? Or is that just me? Mm-hmm. Am I just, where, how's it all fit? And and early on, especially I think in the early process of beginning to recognize God's voice, it does create this this sense of, is this really God or not? So yeah, yeah. there's definitely Good some stuff. discomfort for yeah. sure. Yeah. Well, getting on to the next question here. So 
Are there any examples of times when people at the crossroads or a crisis of belief choose not to, um, to, to join God where he was working, and do they always end up far from God, living with Matt Foley in the van down by the river. Matt Foley. <laughs> Who's Matt Foley? You don't know who Matt Foley is? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, well, That must be because to... you're so much older than me. Um, no, it's clearly in your lifetime, but maybe in a different aspect of your life. Um, Matt Foley was the Saturday Night Live character. Um, that talked about living in a van down by the river. Um, the uh, So are there examples when people say no that we can point to, and does that always create devastation and destruction or not? Um, I, when I think biblically, and um, and didn't, didn't really have time to talk about this, but Jonah is a great example where he faced a crisis of faith, where um, a crisis of belief, where God said, go to Nineveh. And he said, nah, I don't want to. Um, and that ended up causing significant um, events to happen in his life and in the, and in the lives of everybody who were there. Um, he said no. He didn't thwart God's plan. <laughs> God, God's plan was still accomplished, but the price that he paid was significant. And, he, and I don't... You know, when I read Jonah, I think, did he really learn his lesson or not? Because after he goes and preaches very reluctantly and and Nineveh turns back to God, he pouts and, you know, he goes and sits on the hillside and then he curses the plant that grows up that gives him shade. Um, he, he said no. Um, and then he reluctantly said yes. And yet God still, God still accomplished what he wanted in terms of, of uh, saving Nineveh, um, the uh, I, I, another story example that I was with a friend of, uh, about a month ago, a couple of months ago, something like that. That um, he told me a story. We've been friends for uh, probably forty years, somewhere in there, and um, he talked about how he ended up in his career, and um, he is a very successful um, engineer. Um, aerospace engineer, high-level job, all that kind of stuff. And I said, How'd, how'd you end up in that? And, and he said, Well, he said, When I was in high school, I really wanted to be a youth minister. Um, and he said, My aunt asked me what I was going to do when I graduated. And he said, I think I'm going to go to Cincinnati and be a, and train to be a youth minister. And his mom basically said, No, you're not. Um, wow. and, and said, um, you're too smart to do that. Um, and, and because of his relationship with his mom, he, he then sat down and said, okay, what do I do? And they went through a college catalog and said, and somebody said, eh, you know, you're good with math. How this, this college has a great aerospace engineering degree program. And he said, Okay. And, um, and so he pursued that. He has had a very successful career. He's been a leader in multiple churches. God has used him in lots of ways. Um, but in his heart, now in his 60s, he can look back and recognize that he said no when he was given that opportunity 
to to give his life towards investing in in kids in a vocational kind of way. Um, was God's plan thwarted in that? I don't think so. I, you know, God God still ac- accomplished His plan, and He still used him in the lives of lots of kids. But in looking back, um, I wonder. I th- I think, oh man, how many kids missed Him investing in their lives? Because, because he had a different kind of a job. He still invested in lots of kids' lives, but I wonder what the magnitude could have been had, God, had, had he said yes to God and God used him in that way, and how his life would have been different as a result of saying yes rather than saying no. There's no way to know that. It's not like we can't do the movie right. alternative reality universe that say, oh, this is what it looks like if you make this decision, everything goes that way. We, we can't do that. Right. All we can do is be faithful to God, and maybe this is a great way to come to a conclusion in our podcast. Um, all, all we can do is, is say yes when God invites us into his work. Uh, when we when we come to that opportunity, when we come to that crisis of belief, say yes and 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 listen to the nudge, follow God's lead, mm-hmm. and and respond to that, and trust that um, that God is just going to use that in great ways. Yeah. Um, because when we say no, a couple things happen. We we miss out, and I think it gets harder for us to hear God's voice. Yeah. When 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 God speaks whether that's through scripture or through prayer or through the stuff that's going on around us, the circumstances, or through counsel. When God speaks and we blow it off, we, we, our ability to recognize God's voice becomes less and less and less every time that we ignore it. Um, every time that we respond to it and that we say yes, I think it's it becomes easier and easier to say, oh, yeah, that's God. That, that, that conversation that we had, that's God. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you know what? I said I was going to close, but now I've got one more story to tell. Um, uh, <laughs> and I have a little something to add to. Oh, good, 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 good. <laughs> so after the service yesterday, you know, one of the, one of the um, big illustrations that I used at the end of the message was to say this, this whole crisis of belief happens for us personally, but it happens for us as a church too. And so as a church, we have this opportunity that seems like God has given us an invitation to, to, um, to jump in and be a part of what's going on in Kenya with, with Mission of Hope International. And, um, and so my, my request really is for people to pray and say, God, is that something we're supposed to do? And if we're supposed to do it as a church, what's that mean for me? Because obviously it's not just for the church, all you people, it's, it's how can they be involved as well. After the service, um, somebody came up to me and they said, um, Mission of Hope International, is, is that that organization that the leaders are Wallace and Mary? And I said, yeah, how do you know them? And, and they said, well, they came to my church when we were in another location, and we actually sponsor a kid in Nairobi, in one of those schools. I love that. And, That's awesome. Um, and and I and I, you know, I came away from that saying, God is just asking, are is this something we're supposed to do? And I think that's one of those conversations that you say, oh, that's really interesting. That doesn't definitively say, yeah, we should do that, 
but I think it's a part of God saying, yeah, I think you're on the right track. So, yeah. I love that. I love cool. that. Well, as you were talking, I was just thinking about, you know, God just put in that, my heart as sort of my life verse years ago, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, you know, trust the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, but in all of your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. So I firmly believe that when I'm in his path, I'm getting the better blessing. Yeah. Because when I'm on my own, like I've already said, I make it difficult for myself. And I, I do remember, and and going back to the couple who's who's kind of, you know, try, new and kind of trying to decide, yeah. is this the spirit or is this myself? Yeah. And I remember vividly, and you and I both shared the love of Crystal Lake, walking around Crystal Lake years ago. Um, and or I, at the time I ran, <laughs> I was running. Running. And this this person that I had never seen before, normally you have to see, see the same people. He was kind of disheveled. It was in the morning. He was out walking in, in a, like a wrinkly t-shirt and jeans, not what you would normally be working out in, right? And the Lord impressed upon me at the last second, tell him I love him. What? I mean, that's not my personality to yeah. just force. On, I'm just not my personality, but it was very clear. The Holy Spirit said, tell him I love him, but I'd already gotten by and I'd talk myself into, no, it must have wasn't, you know, of course I'm, he wouldn't want me to go back and say that. And I, I still remember that to this day, you know, years and years ago, because I feel like I did miss an opportunity, but I certainly pray and I trust God had a way to make someone else. His message got through to that man, but I missed out on the blessing yeah. of being a part of what God was yeah. going to invite me into. So it, you know, it's tough. Yeah, yeah. That's that's a, so. that's great, and and that's, um, I mean, that's a great illustration. Like I can think of several times where God prompted me to do something, and I said, "Nah, that's not what you really want me to do," and I kept driving, and thought. Uh, well, this, uh, this is the story that's so clear in my mind. When we were in Maryland, there was a woman outside the grocery store walking with her groceries, and it was at night. It was 11 o'clock at night, I think probably on a Saturday, Friday or Saturday night, and I had gone in to get some stuff, and um, and I really felt like God said, give her a ride home. And I said, that can't be God. Because it's a single woman, it's 11 o'clock at night, that's just not what you do. And I drove past her and, um, and was heading home. And, th- and there was this war in me because it was so clear that God would say, no, take her home, take her home. Finally, I drove around. I ended up making a big circle. She's walking. She's drenched. And I pulled up to her and said, do you need a ride? And she said, oh, man, that would be so helpful. And there's no great end to the story. It's not like, um, you know, she, I, I said, oh, do you know Jesus? And she was baptized that night or anything. But no, you took the I, opportunity I, I just, of faith to yeah. say yes to God. That yeah. is a good story. I, I, yeah. I took her home. Um, she was safe. I was safe. And it was one of those things that it was like, do I really trust that God is saying this? And I initially said no and fought and fought and fought until finally I went back and said yes. So, yeah, good stuff. Yeah. Crisis of belief. <laughs> Opportunity of belief. <laughs> uh, all right. Right. I think we're done. So thanks. Thank you, Kim, yeah, for thank you. being thanks our for host. Me. Thank you for doing so. And uh, remember to do all the famous things that you do when you listen to podcasts like share anything else that we're supposed to do with that 
press a like button, it, like, subscribe, yes, yes, and subscribe, subscribe, and, and, and tell all your friends, and tell all your friends to listen to Kim Cordes as the host <laughs> of sure. North Point Plus, episode sixty. <laughs> Thanks for watching, and we'll see you. Bye bye.